Hello and welcome to the latest Keeping It Business podcast. I'm Adam Payne, your host and the founder of NewWayGrowth.com. Right, welcome uh, to this uh, uh, live LinkedIn Live this morning, talking about the uh, future generation and uh, bridging the gap between business and education. Um, so I will turn to Angela uh, to kick off and set the scene. Uh, so over to you, Angela. Thank you very much, Adam. And yes, as Adam says, welcome. Um, hope you're joining us this morning. Um, our panel today is Ruth Forster from Wagstaff Recruitment. Lee Howarth from MCNC, uh, Louise John um, from University of South Wales. Morning. Good morning, morning everybody. I when I when I thought about setting this up, I thought we really need to get um, a cross panel of people on board because it's no good just talking to manufacturers or just talking to schools or colleges about why businesses should engage. We need to talk to people who have been there, who have done that, who are part of it constantly. Um, I know, Louise, with your job with the University of South Wales, your student play, placement officer, so you're having to engage with businesses and get them on board to come in and talk to the students. Ruth, I know you're, you, you've got your recruitment business, but you also go into schools, you talk to the students um, about engineering, about manufacturing. And of course, Lee, you are there, you're a manufacturer yourself. So you, you firsthand witness what it's like to try and encourage young people into schools. So I, I think perhaps in, if we start with you, Lee, because obviously we were just backstage talking about your Festival of British Engineering and Manufacturing last year, um, held over a two-day period. How many students did you get through the, the doors over those two days? I can't remember the exact figure. It was either 372 or 327. Um, it, but uh, so I say about 350 students came through the door over the two days um, from both from secondary schools and three technical colleges that we uh, opened our doors to. So it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was um, rewarding to see the, the look on the students face when it dawned on them what they were looking at and what technology was used for in the kind of things that we manufactured now it only came to it was only successful because of the collaboration of our customers and our suppliers that all came together and told their story and their pathways within uh, manufacturing and why they were there so we had cutting tool people we had work holding people we had metrology we had cad cam we had designers and and machine tool manufacturers as well. So there was a cross broad spectrum for students to visualize what they could uh, potentially achieve. And from our customers point of view, they want us to make their parts quicker. And if I had more employees, I could. So they're also keen to come on board and they kindly loaned us their finished product. So the students could see the finished article rather than me just saying, here's a widget that fits in a, a sports car. Yeah, you know, there's the sports car. Look at all the widgets that make up that sports car. But it's not just the, the manufacturing of it. There's aerodynamicists, there's structural engineering, there's CAD CAM design, the 
what goes into making a, a manufacturing a sports car isn't just that what you can see on the television with an yeah. F1 car going around. The even designing a nut and a bolt that has to withstand certain loads and certain stresses. Everything has to be designed and engineered. So that was the kind of message we were getting across. And what I liked most was uh, the young the young ladies, the the female students were. They didn't have a clue. They thought they had to be big and butch and very strong, um, and it's a dirty environment. But that that's not the case in a modern manufacturing facility here. Maybe 30, 50 years ago, yes, there was a lot of manual labor in, in, involved in moving things around, but health and safety's progressed. Adam previously mentioned about evolving and people training as technology and processes evolve. Even old people like myself need to be trained and, and so we get an understanding of how they work so we can apply them. So everything evolves and is continuing continuing to evolve. And there's a place in manufacturing for absolutely everybody from, well, put it this way, MCNC try to be an all-inclusive employer. So whether you have a disability, whether you're gay, whether you're fat, whether you're skinny, whether you're female, whether you're male, we don't care. It's if you've got a passion for producing and manufacturing things and being proud of what you physically made at the end of the day, then that you're the kind of person we want to hear from. And what 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 benefits, Lee, did the business see by actually opening their doors? Um, it wasn't just it started from that the benefits are hidden at first. And it's not until after the event that you take take a moment to reflect and I think it was yourself Angela of how did it go how did how was it and because it was such a blur of activity and it wasn't easy to organize but it wasn't difficult and if, if I can do it then trust me anybody can do it um the, the benefit was this year we did not place an advertisement for apprenticeships we were approached by students that had attended our facility and wanted to become involved in engineering and manufacturing. Amazing. There was there was another guy that we, because we also take students for work placements because I interview them before I allow them on site. And if they've got the right attitude, then I will allow them on um, to, to attend, whether it's for a, a secondary school week or two or two week work placement or uh, a degree student or a college student that has to do X amount of hours, 300, 400, whatever it might be. And um, we employed Ellis as a result of his work placement because of his attitude. He was a proper pain in the backside to start with because of the the amount of questions and enthusiasm he was showing. It blew us away. So it's the, the, the benefits are, are hidden and it has highlighted our brand as a company that wants to engage and support young people within the community so yeah that there are benefits there and it's not as as expensive to run as people may think that's amazing ruth you know as i said earlier you you go into schools don't you do you do you actually sort of when you're working with the students you know what do you see do you see sort of the students getting that light bulb moment or do they struggle? Um, what, what's your sort of take on, on this? I think, well, there's definitely a mixture. You have students, and it depends on the schools that you support, 
Um, so yeah, I'm an enterprise advisor for the Creative Enterprise Company, so I look after two schools, uh, both in Staffordshire. And you've got different students, different demographics, their influences are very different, so where what their um their community might like be like at home. So they might have parents that have been set up their own business, they might have family members that set up their own business, so they've already got an entrepreneurial streak there, thinking about what they could do. If they can identify with somebody, then they can normally have some sort of inspiration of what they want to do. Um, so it's a mixture. You have people who are very clear in what they want to do. You then have people who actually are quite overwhelmed because in society of what we've got today, we have the lowest unemployment rates. Um, we have a high labor, um, a skill shortage, skill shortage and a labor shortage. So actually what we've created is we've created so much opportunity for our young people to do whatever they want to do. And actually it's quite overwhelming for them. So sometimes they don't get that light bulb moment because it's just very, very overwhelming. Um, and they need to be able to identify with other things to be able to feel that they've got that connection to think, yeah, I could do that. Mm. So when people are just talking about lots of things that are available and out there, it doesn't come to life, which I think is why what you did with the Open Daily is brilliant, because it comes to life and people learn in very different ways. So you, I'm sure you had students there, parents there, and it's not just about being an engineer in engineering, is it? You know, it's about being a finance manager or a marketing person or PR, anything within manufacturing. Manufacturing can offer so much. Engineering and manufacturing offers so much, not just engineering and manufacturing careers. I think it's that identity piece for me. They need to be able to identify and connect and think, okay, I can see myself doing that, yeah. and then start to ask the questions of you know, how do I do that? I also think, Lee, what you were saying about the, the work experience, you know, T-levels are coming through and 45 days worth of, you know, work experience on a T-level, for me, prior to doing an apprenticeship or a degree or whatever you want to do, that, you know, in a technical environment is, um, is a fabulous opportunity. Yeah, I agree, absolutely. Louise, how, how do you find it over there in um, Bridge End, you know, because obviously I think Bridge End quite, had quite an influx of businesses, didn't they, some years ago? Um, well, um, we we had a, a lot of global um, manufacturing companies that are based in the Bridge End and the surrounding areas, and I've worked for two very large global manufacturing in, uh, companies, and they always engaged with local industry, uh, local community, sorry, um, so that was like school programs, having them in, doing digital competency programs, taking them on tours of the factory. And this was something that was done every day. It was part of the, the setup of the organization that I worked in. And I was the visits coordinator for that. And it was a fantastic role. Absolutely loved that. Um, but what it also did was it, it meant that that kind of succession planning, kids coming in. Oh, I'd like to work there with a robot. And I thought, oh, look at that factory. Oh, wow, look at that, you know. 
people remember a school visit. I still remember school visits I went on when I was little. And I think that's important as well, is actually if you're engaging with the local community, uh, who potentially are already employed with you, if you're bringing in then younger people, then you'll look, they, they may look to you as somewhere that they would like to work when they are older. And I think that is really important because it's fantastic PR first off. First off. Um, and you, you want to be able to recruit. You know, recruitment can be expensive. I know we've got some views in recruitment here, so I know, and I used to work in recruitment. Right. <laughs> no, no, and I totally agree. You know, you should only be using recruiters when it's specific. You know, yeah. You yeah, and I used, I used to be myself, so I hate saying yeah. that because I realized, like, so you said that for about four years. Um, but but it is, isn't it? You know, you know, companies are always looking at their budgets and things like that. And if you're having people who are naturally applying, like you mentioned as well in the open daily, that you know somebody applied and you took somebody on because they wanted to work there. Um, and it's um, it's important, and work placements are just as important. I'm a really, really big believer that work placements are absolutely essential for engaging with uh, potential recruits and also for promoting your business. Um, so as, um, as Angela mentioned, I'm a student placement officer at the University of South Wales. But before that, I worked for three years at Bridgen College and I was doing work placements there as well as careers. Um, so I've got a really good insight into the benefits of it. So encouraging, you know, employers to come in and do talks in the local colleges and schools and university. That's a really big thing as well. It's not just maybe having them on site, but working on projects with them. So Angela very kindly recommended um, an engineering firm to me when I was in Bridgen College. And um, they actually were fantastic. They were a brand new setup in Bridgen, um, sort of precision engineering. And they set up a project with our engineering students and gave them a prize at the end of it. And then those links, because they wanted to see who they wanted to recruit. They wanted apprenticeships uh, kind of within their organization. And it was a fantastic way of doing that. Absolutely brilliant. They were able to see the talent first off, um, get a feel for the person, which I think is also important as well. Uh, you've got to have the right fit sometimes in the end. Um, and it's such a good way of doing it. So I'm a really big advocate of work placements, getting in there to do guest, you know, be a guest speaker, have a site visit, um, you know, bringing them on site is really important because that's when, certainly if you've got something really nice to show off, like robots or fantastic, you know, coin making machines or whatever they are, uh, then at least you've got those, you know, to show off and a wow factor is always good. And it doesn't matter what age, doesn't matter what age. Yeah. I, used to, I used to show people around who were from the age of about eight or nine upwards. Uh, up to kind of university age and things like that and you'd have the same response about the particular robots working from all those age groups <laughs> the same response wow you know yeah. Show absolutely. What you've got. <laughs> absolutely. and adam i mean i know you you've worked with quite a lot of schools and colleges and i think quite interestingly and this is some uh, conversation i had last week with somebody um, a lot of the schools, they're looking for businesses locally, which is understandable, and a lot of them struggle. But, you know, we've seen through the pandemic that things can be done remotely as well. And I know you've done some remotely, haven't you? Yeah, no, I, I've uh, I've done a few uh, uh, guest lectures with, uh, you know, universities uh, regarding digital manufacturing um, and operations management and things like that. But the, the, it, there's no two ways about it. I mean, you, you you know my side on this and my my opinion on this is and i've just written down here that, that around certain things is in like the first one with lee around the, the marketing and we've all touched on it in the marketing i don't you know, don't get me wrong here is that industry businesses and i'm going to say businesses not just manufacturing businesses they need to get off their asses and they need 
to de- to join together with the schools. They need to communicate to, uh, with the schools because, again, it comes back to, and I, th- I think it was um, Ruth and Louise that, uh, that hit on this, is around the communities. Now, if you talk at big manufacturers, big manufacturers with, uh, like JLR that people that you know, Angela, around where mm-hmm. we are, they're smack in the middle of residential areas. They were mm. built around they were community. Now, I'm not saying we want that, but what we do want is communities. So we need to bridge this gap, and businesses really do need to bridge this gap. And that marketing to the younger generation is critical mm. because it's not just the marketing about marketing your business. It's marketing your business to the younger generation to get them interested because the younger generation are like sponges. They absolutely take in everything. So they're, they're the social media side, they are looking for data all the time to, 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 you know, news and things like that. They are taking it in all the time. So that marketing side, we've got the workplace, the workplace uh, side of the T levels, the 45 uh, days that we need to do or any workplace that we need to have needs to be bloody structured because what we don't want is to come in and have uh, a young person, boy or girl, sitting there uh, doing nothing, twiddling their thumbs, or doing something that is very, very menial. Yes, I know we have insurances and things like that we have to go through, but it needs to be structured, and that's where it needs to be sort of like there need to be sort of like this mentoring side within uh, within those positions because it, we, we need to be extracting and giving them everything so they really get an interest around it um succession planning you know from that so one of the questions i was going to ask because you know me i do like playing devil's advocate (laughs) is around the impact now lee mentioned that they didn't have to do any advertising if that doesn't speak volumes to any business out there with what lee just said they didn't have to do any advertising for their to to fill their apprentice spots i don't know what you know doesn't Mm. say it because that all came from their marketing and their side of the Fobham side. And Louise, uh, you know, was saying the same. But I, I, I would like to really understand what that percentage is. You know, what is, is what, what, what analysis, have we had, what data have we actually got to say, when we did this, we did that, we've got uh, leads. Um, so we do really need to get a measure on some of these things as well. But I can and do not underestimate the impact of your marketing and getting in with these um, schools. You know, we have to do our part. It's not just you're not just left to the schools. We've got to show interest as well uh, for me. I, I, I agree with you there completely because um, what one of my thing that I found most constructive was me educating educators and mm. parents so if i could explain to a teacher that what was involved in our day-to-day business and the level of skills and the knowledge the academic level that we're looking for and then try and educate them about the financial aspect and, and the reward so when i go into a schools if i was if i was just to say here's a cnc machine and we make uprights for rally cars i might get one lad that's a bit of a motorsport freak and oh he's made parts for a rally car but if i show one of the best marketing companies in the world nike if i put one of their 400 pound trainers just a picture of it up there who knows how much these cost that's my <laughs> opening that. line. yeah that's my <laughs> opening line one or two might say yes half of them don't but they range between 375 and 500 pound depending on what site you buy them from and what size feet you are 
Uh, guess what? If you come and work for me and train to be an engineer after your first month, whilst you're at college, whilst you're learning, I'm going to pay you. And you can afford to go and buy one of these pairs of trainers. And guess what? You'll have money left to give to your mum for a bit of keep or buy some flowers or buy her a treat. And you'll still have 50 quid a week in your pocket. And guess what happens four weeks later? I pay you another £800 a month. <laughs> now, so, it, uh, now yeah, I think you can talk about the engineering within the trainer itself. Mm. The mold pooling required to make the sole. How, how strong should the fibers be in the laces? What is the canvas? So we've got science, we've got design, we've got engineering, we've got manufacturing in one pair of trainers, and the kids will get paid to listen and learn about it. Now, that's the, now the key thing here for me, big, big thing here for me, because <laughs> of what we were discussing at the FSP skills uh, um, roundtable on Friday. For me we need to go right back into the school level because there are some soft skills. And, and Lee has just hit on it there. We need to teach the younger generation the value of money. And when they need to understand the value of money and they need to understand around things like cash, cash flow, financing, budgeting, because they touch every single person. And they need to understand that. So coming back exactly to how Lee has just said there and in, in how he uses that example, that is all understanding about cash flow. And that is, a, that is a soft skill that really should be penned in and honed in at an education at school age. Uh, and we don't. Uh, the same as entrepreneurship, the same as problem solving. We've had this discussion a number of times regarding problem solving. You know, if I, if I look at it, I learned early on and, you know, rightly or wrongly on this one is that I could take an engineer, a trained engineer, and I could take that engineer and put them into purchasing, put them into logistics, put them into finance. I could not do the reverse. And the reason being is, is they have that problem solving ability, um, that problem solving technique and understanding. And we need to get some of that. Because if you want to drive productivity, that's what we need to do as well. But we're going on to a different subject there. But so yes. some of the training and some of the skills is definitely, you know, definitely, definitely needed. Uh, great example for me. Anyway, we'll shut up now because you'll get my life. <laughs> right. I, I think, no, I think that's really good, Lee, you know, because it, it brings home to, to the students, you know, you can actually earn money doing this. And as you say, giving them the, the trainer as an example and, and what it's had to go to. And I know, Ruth, you use Percy Pigs, I think, don't you, when you go into schools? Yeah, yeah, um, Percy Pig. And Percy Pig, to be fair, works really well at primary school, which is where this all needs to start. At the moment, careers... Hallelujah, support, 100%. Um, is, ...is focused in secondary education. There is, um, there is pilot projects happening within primary at the moment. But yeah, just taking a product that the students will identify with and talking about, well, how did it come... How did it come to pass? How did it? How was it created? If somebody sat there and decided they were going to make a sweet, gosh, okay. So let's talk about innovation and where's that? How does that transfer into every other product? Um, then you know, yeah, it's everything. It goes into the to the the manufacturing of the product, the manufacturing of the packaging, how we then get it out to stores, distribution, logistics, legal. We have a little bit of conversation about Aldi and. Uh, <laughs> and some interesting things that have gone off there. 
I think it, it's bringing something to life. Lee, I think, yeah, the, certainly the students know about Nike, Nike trainers uh, and their desire for those. It is about it being, um, them being able to identify yeah. and have that connection. And I think that goes back to what you were saying as well, Louise, you know, about that um, engineering company who I introduced you to who came in. They brought a project in to the students. And again, it's bringing that to life, isn't it? You know, well, instead of it's a good way to, to do it. So I suggested that they do a project because I thought, well, that might be a good way to see after speaking with them. They really wanted good talent to come to them. And like the only way you can do that is if you don't have them on a work placement. I think we, we just missed the work placement uh, kind of deadline with, with, with them. So that's when I suggested the project. And then they did that project and, and they were able to see then who they could take on the following September. Um, so that worked really, really well. It went down very well with the students as well. It gave them a sense of purpose. They were able to showcase their own talent and maybe get a prize at the end of that. Um, it's all about those connections and actually community is a really important part of that and the schools and the colleges and universities near to you they, they really can be invaluable and vice versa and i totally agree that the primary school is where the kind of early start needs to come into that in terms of um careers um and we're quite lucky in wales we have careers wales and they are pretty good even like in, in the primary schools and a lot of companies go into to talk to primary schools and everything as well here as well as the secondary uh, education as well. All the colleges have their own careers teams. It's slightly different they, they, and they, in that regard there. But it's important. They need to be there at that level trying to explain what you know uh, subjects are like, what they like, what the companies are like. But getting them in and talking and engaging with them is really important. Once you've kind of got that, everything else is a bonus then, I think, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So just, just going back to we touched on the T levels I know um, a lot of uh, schools and colleges struggle um, to put the students into work placements just for a week and I know Ruth you've done a recent um, um, webinar or LinkedIn live on T levels with with that in mind do you think that there are going to be difficulties in finding these um, placements these longer term placements under the T levels Finding the student for the placement. Find, finding the actual business to put the students into for that long period of time. Do you think that will be a struggle? I think with anything new, you're always going to have challenges. Um, so I think there's varying levels of challenges. You've got, you will have businesses that will want to have a T-level and can't find the right provider to provide the T-level. Um, and then you will have students who want to do a T level, but it's maybe not part of their organisation, so they've got to then go and move organisations. So I, I, I don't think it will be, it will just be a, a problem of finding the student. I think there will be other things that will come into that as well. I think there is some challenges that are going to come through again on T levels, but that's with anything of launching something. Um, I think you're going to have to let it wash through for a couple of years until you see the real benefits of it, um, to be fair, um, because it is really in its infancy and you've got to find the right college to provide. I think from what I'm hearing, that's possibly a bigger problem than getting the students, it's getting the provider. Right, okay. I think the other side on that, Angela, as well, is that 
from the I think some of the the research that has been done within businesses is that businesses not understanding the education levels. So what do the education levels actually mean for them uh, mm. in looking at a student as well? Uh, so I think there is a, some awareness to uh, to uh, use Murphy's uh, Steve Murphy's uh, term to conscious uh, competence in some of the uh, the businesses on both sides of the colleges on the education and what T levels are about and and, and things like that as well needs to happen uh, because uh, there's certainly not many businesses that would know what a T level is. Yeah. 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 Catch up on the LinkedIn live. Um, the uh, UTC talked you the whole way through it. Good. Yeah. Actually, I tell you what, Ruth, if you've got the link to that, uh, pop it in the comments of this so we, so people yeah. can actually try, uh, link through to it as well because they'll be cracking that one. Yeah. yeah. Great. Sorry, Lee, were you going to say something? Yeah, just um, to reply to what Adam said about businesses um, either not knowing or understanding what T-levels are, or or even indeed the grading systems of academia at the moment and, yeah, where we are and what it's. So we rely heavily on our um, providers to guide us of the qualification levels that we should be looking for in our potential employees. Now where we are geographically located we're quite fortunate that we can tap into two very local good technical colleges and there are two others a little further afield um but the only way i found out about this was because of the me agreeing to do careers open evenings was the college invited me to the seminar about further education funding and that's when i learned about t levels but not every small SME can afford to send off individuals like myself to attend these events. Um, and it's only been in the last few years where, because of the way our business is structured, that I can afford to spend, or shall I say, dedicate some of my time to the long-term future. But this only came about um, because we couldn't find anybody and locally local businesses are just not poaching but utilizing skill sets that are already there and not de not developing any new talent into the pool so we had a massive short-term problem and also a long-term problem now I couldn't couldn't fix the short term so I concentrated on the long term and as a result of that so when students now come into our facility, they go home and they tell their mum and their dad. And their mum and dad may speak to somebody in the pub. We've got a new, we've got a new um, miller that arrived because a, a friend's son came to our event. He knew of us anyway, but he didn't know what we were like inside because from yeah. the outside, our business is an unassuming, boring, drab warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> when you step inside... And you have multi-million pound technology and yeah. we have 11 axis cnc machines we have robots um everything is digital as well and because now we've got younger guys coming through you mentioned about 45 days placement or 300 hours or whatever it might be we move those students around and i put them with either another apprentice 
or somebody that's not long out of their apprenticeship. So a younger person rather than a, a fat, bold, old, doddery, miserable bloke <laughs> like me. But um, it's, it's just trying to get that engagement right, really. Yeah. And I always encourage them, look, do not be afraid to ask questions. There's nothing wrong with not knowing. We don't. We expect you to know nothing. So if you want to know and understand, make sure you ask the question and we'll help you. And it, it's just that knock-on effect. So when we have these open days and work experience, I, I, I get the parents to come in with them as well and show them around and I explain how we will look after their child and it's safe. They're not going to get their their legs cut off by a bandsaw or anything like that. So, and then you can see the spark in the, in the parents' eyes then. Mm. And I'm, I'm not concerned if a student that comes to me for work experience doesn't choose to work at MCNC and decides to go somewhere else. They might come back in five years. They might come back in 10 years. We all need to collaborate, open our arms a little bit more, work together for the greater good and the bigger picture. And that talent pool will come in because Whatever any young person is into, and this is the point I, I really like to stress, is we need female engineers that, or male engineers for that matter, let's not be sexist about this, that like fashion for argument's sake. So we've got Burberry round the locally to us, a high-end designer. They need manufacturers, they need designers, they need engineers. It's, if you like fishing, fishing rods, reels, floats, they all need to be made. These fancy rod rests now cost hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Um, Xbox gaming or PlayStation, you might not like the controller. So think about how easier that would be to make it. You mm. can, what, whatever subject or hobby you're interested in, there will be a manufacturing avenue for that, whether yeah. it's radio control cars, archery, football. That's design, right. Design the next uh, Nike football boot for them. You know, it's. Um, you could do anything you want to do within manufacturing. You really can. And, and this is what I always say to when I talk to young people, you know, manufacturing touches every part of our life, doesn't it? But, you know, as we keep saying, unless manufacturers actually get out there, engage with the schools, colleges, unis, open their doors and bring it to life for the students, we're not going to have those young people coming through, young people who are energetic, they're passionate, they're innovative. You know, these are the people we need for the future of UK manufacturing. I think the, the, the thing Absolutely. for me, I think it was Dyson, Dyson that hit on this, is the, the point of fact is, that, you know, we look at sustainability, we look at renewables, we look at all of that environmental impact. You want to make a change as a young, the young generation, boy or girl. It's the manufacturers, the scientists, and the engineers that will do it. Mm. They're the ones that will do it. Um, so you can have, if you, if, you, if you really have a passion for the environment and things like that, you can make a big difference being in engineering, being in science, and being in manufacturing. A massive difference. Absolutely. And that's the thing as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. So just to wrap it up, it's been great talking to you all. Just to wrap it up, just in a couple of words, can I go around the panel, put you on the spot and say, I ask you, why should businesses engage with schools, colleges and unis? Adam? Uh, because it's the future. It, it, you, you're investing in the future. You're investing in the future of the younger generation, of the business, of the country, of the global impact, everything. It is the future. Simple as. Me. absolutely lee 
I was going to say survival, um, which basically touches on what Adam was saying at the future. If, if manufacturers don't stand up, shout loud and proud for what they do, then, yeah, we will no longer have any manufacturing left. And it is our future. And brilliant point, Adam, is the young next, this generation. It's my, my daughter and her, her friends and colleagues that are going to invent, develop the next things that are going to make us more sustainable. So absolutely, engineering, manufacturing, can't live with it. Can't, well, you can't, you can't live without it, that's for sure. Yeah. And I think that more people will live with it. Ruth? <laughs> I would just ask yourself the question if when you were at school yourself, did you want to feel more inspired? Mm. And if the answer is yes, then you have a responsibility to go into your local school and college and inspire the next generation. Yeah, absolutely. And Louise? Well, I think for me, it's trying to get the best talent because competition is rife within lots of different industries. You know, you could technically work for a company abroad now, but still be in the UK. You know, so competition is really high for jobs, whether that's with salaries or benefits and flexible working, etc. So getting the right talent means that you've got to invest in trying to get that best talent so and that will protect your future and 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 also for uk manufacturing so it's really important i'm a great believer in that we should be making more of our own stuff you know or not only because of our economy and things like that but also because of sustainability and trying to you know help our carbon footprint as well if things are produced in the uk and we're a bit more self-reliant then that's great yep absolutely Thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today. And, and obviously, please drop your um, contact details in the comments afterwards. If anybody would like to connect with um, Adam, Lee, Ruth or Louise, they are doing some amazing work um, in trying to engage with young people and getting businesses to engage with young people. If you're a business, if you still haven't engaged yet, please think about it it is so important for our you know for our future our future workforce hang on angela before we go just yep. one thing thank thank you for hosting this as well but give your uh, link a plug because you are bridging between business and schools and colleges with your portal so there we need to give that a plug don't we because we need people and businesses to sign up we do um, so uh, I don't know whether you know it half by heart, the, the link, or whether we will drop it in the comments straight after. I'll drop it in the comments straight after. It's a form for businesses to engage with schools. It doesn't cost you anything to sign up. Um, everything is GDPR compliant. I'm registered with the ISO commissioner. If you sign up, you get the opportunity to select how you would like to engage with schools. Um, there's lots of different options. Um, you won't get any spammy newsletters from me or emails because I hate them anyway. So you're not going to get that. The only time you'll hear from me is if there is a school in your area that is looking for some help. I'll email you and say, are you available on this day to help with this? You either say yes or no. It's as simple as that. But it gives you the opportunity to go in, engage with these students your corporate and social responsibility will be fulfilled and it's something that you can boast about to your supply chain. Absolutely. And picking up on Ruth's words, go and inspire the younger generation. It's simple as that. Uh, yeah. And that's your opportunity to do it. So, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thanks for hosting us, Adam.
<laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. Guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for tuning in to the Keeping It Business podcast. It's brought to you by New Way Growth, business mentoring and client acquisition specialists. And if you'd like to know more, please visit www.newwaygrowth.com.